When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. Because righteousness governs the world. Come take a musical journey. From the suburbs of Long Island to the ghettos of Kingston. A heartbreaking overdose. A disturbing discovery. The last chance to redeem a stolen legacy. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica from a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. In the reggae anthem Get Up, Stand Up, the whalers sing, not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. My friend Brian always dreamed he could make the world a better place. Maybe by me telling his story, he still can. Consequence Podcast Network presents Rootsland, Season 1, Reggae Junkie Joe. Whole barrage of righteous people out there. Because sometimes the story is the best song. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. 
Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks so much for checking us out. I'm Kyle Meredith. I do interviews with uh, all these amazing artists three times a week, a brand new interview every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if this is what you're into, hit that subscribe button at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or YouTube for the video versions of this. We'll send you three new interviews every single week to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. And today I am talking with Rachel Price from Lake Street Dive. They've got a brand new record called Obviously that we're going to get into. It finds them working with producer Mike Elizondo, um, a producer known for working really in the pop world, especially with hip-hop artists or folks like Fiona Apple. I mean, he's got a huge Rolodex of, of recording artists that he's uh, produced over the years. And Rachel's going to say why they chose him. It did have a lot to do with uh, his hip-hop records, what they wanted to get from the drum sound on this record. We'll discuss that as well as uh, trying some new things out. You know, they're they're well over a decade into their career at this point. So they're trying some new tricks to get songs, uh, writing in pairs. Rachel talks about tackling her uh, teenage diaries, diving back into those old days to find what nuggets can be gleamed and written into the songs today. And then there are some very poignant songs too. In fact, with these songs uh, written in the last couple years, I, I want to hear if they get to speak to something different now that uh, that Biden is in office or or if she sees that their songs do get to speak differently depending on what is happening uh, and the social aspects across the world. And with that in mind, we'll also talk about the challenge of putting an important message in a song but keeping it musical, keeping it catchy, keeping it something that uh, you can sing along to uh, even long after that moment's passed. So let's get into this and talk about this record called Obviously. It's Kyle Meredith with Lake Street Dive. How's it going? It, it is another great record. We always love what you guys do. Uh, this one, there's some new layers, I guess, to it. And, you know, I'll just start with the broad questions, too, because maybe it's a press release or something. I don't know. But you all do talk about challenging yourselves, uh, doing stuff that you've never done before. What does that mean this time around? Well, we worked with a new producer. So that's always a, a new venture and pushing yourselves in a different direction because the producer, um, ostensibly, um, during the process of a record, becomes like another member of the band. They're making a lot of big choices. So we had a lot of songs uh, written for this album, a lot of uh, potential songs, because we did much more collaborating than we've ever done in the past. Um, we've slowly been writing songs with one another. Uh, and this, uh, this album has the most collaborating. And we did a lot of it while we were on tour. So there was a lot more real time sort of in the room with each other, passing sort of demos back and forth and discussing songs. So we ended up with 30 songs and we needed help uh, with which ones to record. And that's where, that was a big part of where Mike Elizondo, the producer, kind of came in um, early in the process. And he, yeah, I, I, I think basically every song that he chose, we recorded, which was very helpful because we were a little yeah. lost. Yeah, I know Mike, uh, I mean, he's a dynamic uh, producer as far as the artists he's worked with, but he is a pop producer at the end of the day. I mean, he, he survives in the pop world. It's not that you all are in a pop band in a lot of ways, you know, and, and I'm using that term in that big, broad way and everything. But but is it something different what he brings from that area of the industry? Definitely. Yeah. We chose Mike um, mostly because we were so into the hip hop music that he has produced and engineered. And as far as like the sonic uh, palette of music these days, we're most inspired by hip hop. So Mike felt like such a great choice because he's completely well-versed in that whole world and has worked on it a lot. He's also an upright jazz bass player. 
And uh, he also loves to play folk music. I met him while I was um, singing on the NPR radio show Live From Here. Uh, so I knew that he was very versatile musically. And he also produced one of my favorite albums of all time, this Fiona Apple record. Um, so I just knew that he was going to be able to bring a lot of different sensibilities, whether it was just like, hey, can you create a drum track that kind of makes us feel like we're a hip hop band? Um, but also, you know, sort of hearing, hearing different things and songs. Yeah. So it was really, really awesome. So how do you apply that to what you're doing, uh, just specifically on the lead vocalist part then? Because as you're talking, talking about hip hop, you're not rapping on the record exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is some interesting rhythms happening. I'll even bring up the first thing with Making Do. I mean, tackling the subjects that you're tackling and making them poetic. Is that sort of what you're getting from, from hip hop as you're talking about? Uh, I think more it's sonically, like, like if we were getting very specific, just the way the drums sound the fact that it's a pretty dry sound overall. Uh, that's kind of what we were going for sonically. And then sort of applying that um, aesthetic to our songs, which I wouldn't say we're particularly writing in any specific style, especially if you had heard all these demos, you wouldn't know what, what direction any of it was really gonna go in. Nothing was super obvious, um, ironically. Uh, uh, but, you know. That's that's what a producer does. They sort of are like the person who like puts all the finishing touches and makes everything kind of um, make sense together. So so writing them with each other, and I, I was reading a little bit about that, I think on Twitter too, specifically writing in pairs as you've done. I mean, I know with any, especially band, I guess, after so many years, you're going to be looking for new ways to kind of come at the same thing, a song or whatever. But when you're still writing in pairs with the same people that you've been with for the past decade, are there some expectations you get when you pair off with a specific member? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're all keenly aware of each other's specific strengths. Um, you know, for example, Mike Olson was writing the song. I know that, you know, that I know I can't remember the name of the song and there's just a lot of uh, very cute, funny rhyming couplets. And so he knows that Aki spends all of his time sort of writing poetry all day. He loves words. He's, very, he's a very punny individual. So he turned to Aki and he was like, I know that you can give me like 25 more uh, couplets for this song. And he did, he obliged. So there's things like that. I think um, Nobody's Stopping You Now, which I wrote with Bridget. Uh, I'm not surprised that like she heard that song and she was like, I want to take on completing that song for you. Cause I think that we, I think that she has a certain talent in, in like finding a hook of a song when, when you yourself don't know what, what the hook is. So yeah, there's certain things like that where we kind of know what each other is, is good at, but it really changes, you know, it's the direction of the writing. So whoever starts the song to ever finish the songs, the, the, those have different strengths. And that's kind of like where you get these sort of endless combinations of possibilities. It's interesting with uh, with no one stopping you now and and making do because I noticed that was sort of as far as writing tricks go taking on an opposite thing making do has you looking towards a generation in the future while no one's stopping you now has you talking to yourself in the past yeah and I, I, as a writer you know what goes into that part of it because there's got to be a certain extra layer of imagination I would I would expect yeah I think for me I work well with writing prompts. So I don't sort of, 
I don't criticize myself too early in the process. So like, for instance, for Nobody Stopping You Now, I had just decided that I wanted to start reading through all my old journals from when I was 12, 13, 14. There are a lot of them and sort of start writing from that perspective or about that person who I was. And it was more of an exercise than anything, just for the sake of it. No expectation of ever recording the song or the songs being for Lake Street Dive. And I do really well with um, exercises like that. I can't read the stuff that I wrote when I was 13 or 14. It's, oh, yeah. I, have to I mean, it's, it back so it's hysterical. I mean, I love to read it because like I, I um, there's so many detailed things that were happening to me at the time. And I have like almost no memory of them. Like I was like, I don't know who this boy is. I don't know why I was so in love with him. I literally cannot remember who he is. So why are there chapters and chapters of him? But that's yeah, the nature of time and memory. <laughs> that's interesting. And, and, and kind of flipping that back to what we were talking about with making do, because here is something, and, and this leads into, you know, what you all do outside of the band as well, uh, as far as uh, activism or, or aligning with uh, activist uh, um, companies wasn't the right word, but, you know, like Oxfam and places like that. But, uh, you know, with, with making do in a song like that, I know it does become sort of a time capsule of sorts. You know, you're planting something for later. And with those type of songs, I mean, first of all, do they get to say something? Because you wrote these, you didn't write these, you know, since January 20th, since uh, Biden became president. Do they get to say something different now in a Biden presidency than they would have under Trump? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's so many examples of great songs over the years. You listen back to them, you know, you listen to songs from the 60s and 70s and you're like, wow, this really applies to right now. And I don't really think, you know, specifically with making do, the issue of taking care of our planet is one that's going to, um, we're not going to really tire of that issue. It's not going to go away. I think we have decades and decades uh, for um, that anxiety that was being felt acutely um, in order to write that song. I don't think that's really going to go away for, right. for a long time. And similarly, you know, there's songs that, allude to specific uh, people or things, maybe like Hush Money has kind of an allusion to something specific, but there's always gonna be people in power that are taking advantage of people that are not in power. So I think these these subjects, you know, <laughs> sadly, they're timeless. Well, one, another one is, uh, you know, being a woman. I mean, that arrives in a different world than even just five or 10 years ago, uh, mm -hmm. as far as what the conversations are now. Uh, yeah. Does it feel like that would have been uh, a different song had you, I mean, could you have written this song, you know, five or 10 years ago, would it have been different? You could, you could have written it. Um, it's cool the way you're, I mean, the way the conversation changes based on uh, sort of collective understanding of, of these types of issues. I remember as soon as uh, I heard that song, not as soon as I heard it, but around the time, I read an article in the New York Times that like, went through uh, very specifically the division of labor, statistically speaking, from the 1950s to the present between men and women, and specifically the division of unpaid labor, sort of like uh, the, house, the housework and taking care of the family and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's still a pretty big percentage. I'm getting very specific, but the song is, the, the thesis of the song is being a woman is a full-time job. Um, and we're getting at this idea that it's, it's still more so a full-time job than, than a man's. 
And it was really cool to see information, to see statistics uh, and be like, oh yeah, it actually, this is true. You can just see it in the numbers they've been studying it. And it's, you know, gradually been becoming more equal since the fifties, but it's still pretty unequal. And I don't know, that really, that really pleased me. So yeah, you could have written that song you know, 40 years ago, would people, it would have been more tongue in cheek. And today it's a little bit more serious because it's like, why are we still, why are we still dealing with this? I was going to say, you know, bringing that back to the songwriting side of things, as I was mentioning with Making Do and this one, does it become a challenge of how to say that poetically? Because it is, it's, it's done very well. You can still sing along to these. And I know that's probably an important aspect to it too. Yeah. I think it's a real, it's a real challenge. The, in the case of being a woman, that song is written by Bridget. And I know that she really, really um, labored over those lyrics and uh, to ensure that they were very, very thoughtful. And even throughout the process, she, you know, she questioned them. She's like, is this coming across uh, the way that I wanted to come across? And we were like, yes, absolutely. This is a great song, but you know, it's a really, it's a, it's a very scary thing to say something like that in a song, even though it's very true. Sometimes the like, the hard truth is the thing that you're like, eh, maybe I shouldn't say that. So uh, just, I, I applaud my Calabrese, he wrote Making Do and, and Bridget um, for, you know, putting those messages into songs. And it is cool when you can put a message into a three minutes song that like you can still sort of bop your head to because the idea is that you can listen to it over and over again it won't tire you but the message will start to have more meaning you guys do a great job of that thanks i mean you, you really do especially on, on this record here and again i know that goes outside of the band too i was reading about the, the uh, virtual lessons for actual change uh i thought this was a great thing to be a part of could you talk about that for a second what exactly that is yeah it's a collective of musicians and we are offering um, donation uh, based music lessons and all the music, all the um, proceeds uh, go to racial justice organizations. So, you know, our, our idea was to want to be a part of the racial justice movement to support it in some way. And also to sort of like invest and believe in the, the possibility of collective effort. So like I'm putting in an hour a week total and uh, it's a similar amount of time for all of these musicians. And, you know, at this point we're raising upwards of $5,000 a month for these organizations and we're hoping to double that. Uh, so anyone listening out there, if you wanna book a music lesson, go to Virtual Lessons for Actual Change. Yeah, so I think this like idea of that, like we can all put in small amounts of work for big collective effort is something that really excites us. And we're very much invested in supporting racial justice. This is what I love uh, from my favorite artists anyway. It's, it's, it is the different levels, you know, of participation that I as a fan can kind of grab onto, you know, if I want to or not for this, I absolutely would, you know, something like that. Um, it's a weird seg because this is a bit more on the superficial side of things here, but uh, but you know, talking about the entire world of Lake Street Dive, you have this, you have what you were talking about here. And you also have this amazing image that you all project. I say it in the fashion sense, you know, just in the, in, in the photos uh, that you go out there. It's, it's a, I will say it's in an old school way of doing things that a lot of bands don't take as much attention to. <laughs> Thank you. Like 
you all create this world. How much thought goes into that when you go into a record as of what world you're visually creating? So much thought. I mean, it's some of it's very, very last minute and we're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? But I personally think about that stuff a lot. You know, what, whether it's the clothes we're wearing, the background, the photo we choose, um, all of those things are really, uh, I mean, they're a fun part of the job. So I take them very seriously. Do you actually know what, like I say the world, a lot of artists use that kind of phrase there when they're talking about this, but do you, do you know what you're making this time around? Like what the visual representation is? Is there a name to put on it? No, not really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd have to show you my Pinterest board, I guess, but yeah, I was like, no, no, I don't really know. <laughs> Again, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Like I said, it kind of makes the whole thing come together. Uh, Rachel, I, I love what you guys do. Congratulations again on obviously such a strong record and it's so great having you all back once again. Thank you for taking the time to talk about it too. Yeah, thanks Kyle, appreciate it. My thanks to Rachel Price, Lake Street Dive. Again, the brand new record is called Obviously. Hey, thanks to you for checking out this episode. Please, please, please do hit that subscribe button before you get out. Again, uh, we put out three new interviews uh, every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists. Uh, and again, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube, anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast from, that's where you'll find us. Afterwards, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. Yes. I'm not, no other reasons at all. <laughs> you None oh, at all. Whatever. So every-, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. <laughs> and I'm the funny one. <laughs> Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.